Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. Greetings. Welcome to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. We've got a special episode of the podcast for you. Big news in NASCAR this week with the announcement of some race enhancements for the 2017 season that are designed to make the regular season matter more and incentivize drivers to perform throughout the year as they never have before. I'm sure you've read much about these enhancements. We've got a lot of content on NBCSports.com slash NASCAR to help absorb it. So who better to discuss this on a podcast than NBCSN analyst Steve Letarte? He is, of course, a former winning crew chief in NASCAR. Few are as gifted as Steve in terms of strategizing and game planning a race. He has a knack for numbers, and he also was involved in the discussions that landed uh, and led to Monday's news. Uh, Fellow NBCSN analyst Jeff Burton was involved in hammering this out with several industry insiders, and he consulted with Steve on some of the direction that they landed on in making these enhancements. So Steve has a wide grasp of the impact this could be expected to have this season, as well as the on-track experience to make some informed analysis. So if you're hearing us via iTunes, please leave a rating or review, or please subscribe or have your friends subscribe. It really helps us out. There's many other options to find us. Audio Boom, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Check out all of those places as well for the rest of the NBC Sports podcasting lineup. Uh, but now let's get to the conversation with Steve just after the news was announced by NASCAR on NBCSN. Okay, here at the Charlotte Convention Center with Steve Wittart after NASCAR has just announced its much-anticipated 2017 race enhancements which will essentially make the regular season matter more, incentivize drivers to race for every lap, every race throughout the season, and also will change the playoffs, which was the aforementioned chase, which we have... Don't even know what that word means. Yeah, (laughs) has no meaning, dead and buried, and I couldn't be happier about that fact. Alan Iverson said it a long time ago, playoffs. (laughs) I think it was Jim Mora. Uh, Playoffs? I love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> Playoffs? We can't uh, win a game. So Steve is very excited about this, but maybe not as excited as he is about returning in front of these mics. I disagree. I feel like an old school, for anyone who listens to this podcast, you have to follow Nate on Twitter and see these awesome mics because they're old school. Like, I feel like I'm a 60s singer. Like, these things are great. This is like Elvis Presley style. I love it. I yeah. love it. But I am excited about the format changes. I think, um, look, there were t- we're going to keep it simple. There are two things announced today, two very important things. To get caught up in the details is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, I think it was Denny's quote that said, uh, look, you don't, know how, don't need to know how a watch works. You just need to know the time. Uh, I think... There's a lot of truth to that, um, and I think this is a perfect example. And the simple fact is this, that during the races this year, there will be segments. There will be a segment one, a segment two, and a finale to the race. The segments are predetermined lapped. They will race to them. If that lap happens to end up under yellow, then it's under yellow. But either way, at that lap, the segment will come to a close, and at that point, the top ten will be awarded points. Um, and I think what that will do is take a four, 500-mile race that used to be a, a four-hour chess game to lead the final lap where points were awarded, and it will force teams and drivers to evaluate and constantly evaluate their situation lap after lap. Every time the caution comes out, it is a multitude of questions. Where does this put us in our fuel window to the finish? Where does it put us in our fuel window to the segment? How many tires have we used? Can we afford to win this stage? Do we need to save tires? There will be a million questions going through the crew chief's minds, and those are all unnecessary to the fan because the fan gets to sit back drink a cold one and watch some really exciting moments throughout the race and the most important takeaway from the fan here is i think not focusing on the points my hope is that eventually everybody will just come to grasp the new structure but the most important takeaway from the fans here is that there should be more moments during the regular season that that matter than we've maybe ever had before as a broadcaster yeah i mean if as a fan if you feel it necessary to understand exactly how many points and where that puts them within the list i appreciate that but i can assure you as a crew chief i didn't worry about that i just know more is better more is better it's simple i need more more points, faster race car. And, and I, know, I don't mean to, to make it sound like it's simple, but truly it is. The, the goal is to race. The goal is to complete a circuit around a racetrack faster than your competitor to get to the finish line first. And now there are three finish lines. And there are opportunities throughout the race at the ends of these stages to, to gain valuable points to make the playoffs. If you're fortunate enough to win a race and you say, ho-hum, I'm in, I don't care about points, that's untrue. Because then they announced this playoff point system, which is basically a reward. If you win a stage, you get one playoff point that you can carry through the entire playoff. Round one, round two, round three. The only reason you would ever lose them, if you're fortunate enough to make it to Miami, you race heads up against three other competitors. So a stage win pays one playoff point. A race win pays five. And then the top ten of the regular season, we are going to have a regular season champ, and he's going to get 15 points that he can carry through the entire playoffs. Congratulations to him for having a great uh, season. I love that change. And basically what that's done is in 2014, I was fortunate enough to win the Daytona 500. And that meant I had 26 and a half weeks before I had to worry about winning the next race. And I know that sounds unpopular, but it's true. Um, that while there were bonus points available in the old system, they were only for round one. And there were 16 teams in round one. You would hope you were fast enough to make it out of run, round one anyway. So uh, the fact that those hard-earned playoff points will continue through the first three rounds makes the drivers, the teams, everyone, every lap of every race can affect your opportunity to race for a championship in Miami. That is the top-line view provided by Steve Letarte, who I think always has a sunnier disposition than all of us. Well, it's just, it's just, (laughs) you know, 
there's no way, in my opinion, to do this correctly and make it so simple that everybody goes, oh, I get it. Right. right. Because, because then if you get it, guess what? It couldn't have been worth a whole lot. Right. It has to be a little complicated. I mean, when you look at other sports, it's complicated. Rules in other sports are complicated. So let's keep it simple. The simple fact is cheer your driver to win. Win segments, win races. They all have a value. I don't care if they're in the playoffs or not in the playoffs. There's a reason they need to win. That's what I've been telling people is just you know, focus on the fact for now that we are going to have more meaningful competition throughout the course of the season, I believe. And if you want to compare it to another sport, I mean, nobody knows what determines the eighth tiebreaker for a playoff team in the NFL. Uh, we just know that when they give us a list of here are the playoff teams, and generally, not this year, uh, when they have the NFL playoffs, every game is exciting. Um, right. And let's. But no, but that's a good point. This year proves there are no guarantees. Exactly. See, see, the same thing that upsets a sports fan is the same thing that sports fan loves. Sports fans love uncertainty. Sports are the only reality television on television. It's real. Anything can happen. And if you enjoy the anything factor, in which I do, that anything can be a unbelievable Brett Favre-type pass out of Aaron Rodgers to beat the Dallas Cowboys with 30 seconds left and a great game-winning field goal, or it can be my beloved Patriots beating the crap out of them a week later, or excuse me, winning a week later, you know, and both of those games were, were big leads, and that's the uncertainty of sports. There are no guarantees. Right. Let's talk about some other things that this, uh, these enhancements will change in terms of the, the, the points. One is, and you, you've talked about this, it will essentially give teams a little bit more of a cushion and reward them more in the regular season. In 2014, your last year with Darren Jr., number 88, you had a championship-caliber team, and unfortunately it all came crashing down because of a tire failure. Mm-hmm. No fault of your own. While you're leading, while Darren Jr. is running like not even full 80, you know, he's running, you know, not That's even right. top speed, he, he blows a tire, no fault of, fault of his own while leading, and that essentially kills his championship chances. That probably isn't going to happen as much in this system as it did in the past. Well, there are no guarantees, but if that happens this year, and I had the opportunity to interview that crew chief, I will remind that crew chief that there were 26 regular season races that he could have earned more playoff points, and he did not. Mm -hmm. And, And that's the difference. If you go back to 2014, there was nothing we could have done as a race team to enter Kansas with more points. Zero opportunity. It was the first race of round two. We had one races in the regular season. We had easily advanced out of round one. We had arguably the fastest car at Kansas, so I'm still not seeing what we could have done different. Tire failure, boom, thanks, we're out of the chase. Now, we could have won Charlotte and Talladega, but we didn't. We had chances. But my point is the first 29 races at this point could not have changed the outcome at Kansas. Now they all matter. Mm -hmm. Sonoma. Both Poconos. Every single race all summer long will give teams the opportunity to earn playoff points that can enhance their opportunity to race for a championship at Miami. And that really is the goal. The goal of every race team when they unload their car at Daytona is to unload their car at Miami as one of the championship four. And a situation like a couple from last year. Uh, There was Martin Truex Jr., who, of course, was – dominant for much of the year and then again like similar to you guys in 2014 gets eliminated you know can't really make it up because he doesn't get rewarded for the wins at darlington and leading almost every lap at the coke 600 the other one that i really that bothered me last year steve and i wrote a column about this was william byron in the truck series it did now now that one really 
stuck in my craw. I was torn because as a competitor and as a crew chief, the rules are the rules and the rules are the same for everyone, and he didn't win a championship within the rules. But that doesn't mean you have to feel good about it. Right. And that's where I was. Where I was is a team. I would have felt so much better if he'd have crashed, so much better if he'd have messed a shift on a restart and broke the engine. Right. But here's a young man who has performed at the biggest stage that he had ever performed on and done it flawlessly. And his chance to race for a championship was eliminated with a mechanical failure. Now, listen, it's a team sport, and and I will support him not having a championship because those were the rules, but this just gives him opportunity. I'm going to continue to use that word. You hear moments and all this stuff. I like opportunity because as a competitor, I want as many chances to affect the outcome as possible. And that's what the fans kind of said they didn't like about the old system. Well, you know, how can we – you know, a guy has one mistake and he – well, now listen, build a cushion. Right. It's a long season. Build a cushion. And, and that's what uh, all these crew chiefs and drivers, you saw, I saw Denny Hamlin. It's not what he said, it's how he said it. He stood up there, he leaned back, he had a grin. Here's a guy that I know, he's a friend of mine, he's a tough competitor, he loves to compete. And I saw this grin sitting on the stage because he knew the ball was getting thrown in his direction. That week in and week out, he had to determine his outcome. And, and I think that's all these drivers are looking for. Well, I think that was the, the tenor was certainly different today, Steve, than the last three or four of these announcements that I can remember when the playoffs either were had major overhauls or had minor tweaks. I, I, what I noticed then was obviously NASCAR explaining, here's what we went into a room in Daytona or Charlotte or whatever and cooked up, and here it is. Go deal with it. Today, obviously, there were a lot of people on that stage because there were a lot of people in that room collaboratively deciding like how they wanted to go, what the direction would be. And I don't think we're blowing smoke to say like that it's not just, it's, it's not like, it's not for, for, for theater. I mean, it's not all about just like putting all those people on stage to show, Hey, there's buy-in from everybody. It's all of those people on that stage truly did have input into this. Listen, I, I can assure the fans if, if they know Dale Jr. at all, he says what he thinks. Right. Right. To the point where there are some been disappointed sponsors in the past because he, he he is represented by companies that he believes in because he can't be given talking points. I can assure you, he says what he wants <laughs> as he wants off the right. cuff, and that's what the world loves about him. Right. Marcus Smith is the CEO of SMI, one of the the, the biggest other than ISC or equal to ISC, the biggest track promoter in the, the world. His family owns one of the biggest dealership groups in the world. He is going to say what he thinks. He's not going to be coaxed into, hey, come up on the stage, but just say what, what we want you to say. That's, that's, un, that's untrue. He's going to say whatever he wants. Denny Hamlin has enough fines to prove he's going to say what he thinks. <laughs> Leader of the driver council. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, everyone on that stage had an opinion, and they were given a floor, and not just the stage. Those were small representatives of the groups, right? People had a floor to have this discussion. NASCAR was involved, the networks were involved, the teams, the drivers, the fans, through the fan council. You know, did a fan come in the room? No. But the fans listening to this, all of those opportunities they had to answer those questions through NASCAR, the fan council, that was brought up. These weren't just fabricated out of thin air. And I think that's the point. Is it perfect? I don't believe perfection exists. I think everything is going to have a wrinkle. Um, But is it an improvement? Without a doubt, these enhancements to the format 
are going to give the fan a better value for their ticket, a better value sitting on their couch. It's going to give me a better value to stand in that booth because I'm going to have more moments, more excitement, not only because of the stages, but because of what's on the line for the playoffs. Let's talk about something else Dale Jr. said, and I agree. Like We love that the guy speaks freely, and he tweeted last night, and obviously was on the stage today as part of our announcement on NBCSN, and very much supported uh, these enhancements. He was, as we said, he's part of the Drivers' Council. He's, he was a part of making these changes, but he also tweeted last night, Steve, I get a good laugh when I hear things like, should encourage harder racing, points racing, my cheeks are going to hurt tomorrow. So I think like there's some pushback from the drivers that – you can't just put changes in like this and expect them to drive harder. But I think like the counter and I, we've, but they we, say that exactly. We've like, heard Jeff Burton say this, the, 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 the counter argument here is the, the evidence of, of the reformatted chase the last three years, when these guys are put in really difficult positions, they do things they say they can't do. Right. That's because what makes these drivers such a value to watch is because they operate at such a level it, it, it becomes instinctive, not reactive. They operate at a level that, do you think that Phil Mickelson can stop through his golf swing and explain what he's doing? No, it's his natural ability to hit a golf ball. When Denny Hamlin goes to qualify at Texas at 212 miles an hour, turning into turn three, covering, covering over a football field a second, you don't react. You instinctively know what to do with the car, the move to, where you have to put it within inches, how to get the wheel straight over the bumps, not to upset the car, you know. And I think what you're hearing there is Dale Jr. says, I can't drive any harder, and he doesn't think he can. But anyone that's ever worked out, anyone that's ever ran a race, anyone that's ever went underwater and tried to hold your breath, when you think you can't hold it anymore, if someone grabbed your leg and held you underneath there for five seconds longer, you'd live. <laughs> you could have. Yeah. You just didn't have the mental fortitude to do it. Right. And what we have seen in the playoff format is that there is a different bucket that these drivers can go to a different well. They may not even instinctively know they're doing it, but they do it. There's no other way to explain what I have firsthand witnessed time after time after time on the biggest stages in motorsports. We, uh, we didn't hear from any crew chiefs today, but we know they, they s- never love a crew chief. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they love you. Um, no, we- that's untrue. <laughs> Well, we know that one guy um, who is one of the best is somebody who you worked alongside for many years. That's Chad Knauss. Uh I'm sure he's already gotten whispers of what this would be, inklings of it. How much do you think he's game planning and strategizing to figure this what out? What makes Chad Knauss one of the best crew chiefs out there is because that's all he's doing. There won't be an iota of complaining. There won't be an iota of eye rolling. When the format hits his desk, he will look at the opportunities within that format to outrun his competitors. Mm-hmm. And that is simple. This is a man that is driven. So isn't Paul Wolf. So isn't uh, the Gibbs crew chiefs. Um, so you didn't see a crew chief on stage, but Jeff Burton and myself spent a lot of time together, and, and I had opportunity to shoot holes in what they came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, you heard today a small fact. Hey, we're going to close pit road a, a, around five laps before. It's, we say around because every track's a little different, but pit road's going to be closed. Why would you do that? Well, at Pocono, you don't lose a lap. So I'm going to pit. If I am not in the top 10 and I can't get a stage win, I'm going to hit pit road. You know, there's all these ways to manipulate the format. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend to think we've thought them all up 
and right. nor will we because the crew chiefs, in, it, there's so many of them, they're so smart, they're going to find ways to find an advantage. But that's competition. That's what, that's what we all wanted to see. So I think the panel did a good job of polling everyone to try to get ahead of those. But I think the great crew chiefs will see what this truly is, and that is an opportunity for the crew chief, a bigger opportunity for the crew chief to change the success rate of that race car. And what I mean by that is every decision made by a crew chief was only measured on the final lap of the race. No one wants to hear this. It's unpopular, but my job was to lead the final lap of the Daytona 500. That's it. I didn't care about the other 100, or I didn't care about them. They didn't matter. I only wanted to lead lap 400 of the Coca-Cola 600. That's it. The other 399 were of no value. Mm -hmm. With stage one and stage two, that's no longer factual. So now our crew chief needs to decide what they are racing for. Stage one, stage two, the final race. Can they win all three? Can, you know, there are, there's just more on the line. It, it takes a linear proposition and makes it much more complicated. Is it just adaptability in some ways? Is that going to be what determines who's best with this? I mean, it seems like the, 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 mm. the better teams always do better when they have stuff thrown at them. Is great, that what it is? Great teams don't even need to adapt. Yeah. I think the faster cars will just will continue to dominate, as they should. And that's really when I see this. You know, when we talk about strategies and opportunities, you know, there are a lot of curveballs, timing of cautions, fuel windows, things that go into that. But the simple fact is what fixes everything is speed on the racetrack. And what you're going to see are the best drivers, the best teams, the fastest cars will find a way to win the most stages, to gain the most playoff points, to win the most races, to advance through the playoff system, to have a chance in Miami. I mean, that is what we all want, right? When we, when we go to Miami – it's funny, right? All I've continued to hear is how, man, you can't just make everyone equal at Miami. It won't work. It won't work. It won't work. But for now, three years at the cup level, in the closing restarts, they are lined up right. in the top five. It's crazy. If it, it one, can't be coincidence. If one slow car doesn't decide to stay out in the Xfinity race, they are one through four. Right. In the trucks, they, so, so it's real. Right. Now, there's, there is some immeasurables in there that I feel that the other competitors don't race a championship contender hard. They've kind of earned the right to go figure it out amongst those four. I think that's real. That, that absolutely exists. But there are no freebies. There are no gimmies. They still have to go out and do that. Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, uh, Alan Kowicki, Bill Elliott. I mean, how far back do we want to go? On the biggest stage, when the most is on the line, the great rise to the top. The greatest ones put on a performance. And fortunately, motorsports continues to deliver that. We saw, especially in that Miami race last year, that pit stops were a major factor. Kyle Busch got burned by one. Um, Carl Edwards had a slow one at one point. Uh, how much a pit stops it would seem as if now every single one matters to a degree that it, it really hasn't before. And I know that you're 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 a big fan of of promoting the fact that pit crews decide things. They they, they are they're huge um, contributors to the outcomes of these races. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of pit crews because I've first-handedly tried to assemble one, try to train one, try to coach one up. A crew chief's job is not to put the right front spring in the car. A crew chief's job is just to decide what left rear shot goes on the car or when to pit for fuel. A crew chief's job is to be team manager, head coach, head strategist, head engineer, head mechanic, uh, perhaps a spokesman, some of the times a psychiatrist, whatever you, <laughs> you have do to well do. With that. Whatever you're, you're you the have life to coach. do. <laughs> so when a team has a bad stop, that's real. That, that tire changer was chosen by someone to be the front tire changer for Carl Edwards. 
the Jackman on the 24 car is there because Alan Gustafson chose him to be his Jackman. Mm -hmm. Those are decisions that determine champions. I know they're not as colorful as a great qualifying lap or a great pit call, but they're real. There's a reason football coaches have 16 games yet work 360 days a year. And it's to assemble a staff of players that can win those 16 games. That also exists in motorsports. I like to see, I wish, and I'm going to hopefully try from the booth to give. Last year we interviewed some pit crew members after great stops. They deserve to be recognized for their efforts. And they deserve to feel the heat. And that's what competition is. So we're getting, you know, it, on the biggest stage, they also have to perform. Right. All right, man. Well, uh, I think we've pretty much covered it. Um, looking forward to uh, seeing your analysis and insight as always. Looking forward to having you back in front of these cool, badass mics. Man, I'm telling you right now, they are badass mics. For you people, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to post some pictures when these go out because I feel like <laughs> there's no way that these mics don't gain us some serious cool points. I, I agree. Um, in the meantime, February 13th, Return of NASCAR America on NBCSN, and we will be seeing you on that show quite often, I'm sure, in the near future. So thanks again for joining us, Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again to Steve Letard for making time for us and our very cool mics that he loves so much. We always appreciate it when he brings his candor, insight, and humor to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. And thanks again, as always, to producer Tess Quinlan. She handled this episode on short notice, and that's also appreciated. We should be back with another episode next week. I'm not sure of the guest yet, but I can tell you that we have some good guests in the future that we're recording this week for later, uh, next month, actually. And we also have uh, some good news coming about the NASCAR and NBC podcast that I think you're going to like. So thanks for listening. If you've got ideas, send them to me on Twitter, at Nate Ryan is my account name, and we'll be back soon with another edition of the NASCAR and NBC podcast. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 plus Fuel System Cleaner plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.